I do want to echo what was said earlier, and that is, I want to wish a huge Happy Mother's Day uh, all the moms that are here and say thank you for what you do. You really don't hear that often enough, and uh, so we're grateful for you today and just praying that God blesses your time here. And also, I, I, I just want to acknowledge the fact that for some, today is a difficult day too. I know it, it, for some it brings to mind the fact that maybe you've lost a mom or the relationship might not be you know, what, it, what it could be, or for some, maybe the, the desire to be a mom hasn't been fulfilled yet, or whatever the case may be. And I want you to know our staff prayed for you specifically this morning for those that today is a difficult day, and we, we realize uh, that that is the case as well. But, you know, just thinking about our moms, there are so many different qualities and in, in, in thinking specifically from my childhood, my mom, uh, my wife, Sean, and how I see her operating as a mom. Um, so many different things that we could point out that make you so special. But here's the one that stands out in my mind from my own experience, and I think this is probably true in your life as well. Uh, moms, you have an amazing way of listening to others, to your kids and to others that are important in your life. And there's a reason, I kind of joke about this, but there's a reason why when my girls really need someone to listen really, really well, they call mom right, rather than dad. Um, I'll, I'll do my best, but mama is uh, a whole lot uh, better about that. And so, you know, this, that ties in so well with what we're going to be talking about today, your ability to listen. Because we're going to talk today about listening to God and how important that is. But I don't know about you, but the, the older I get, the more challenged I am listening to one individual when there are a lot of other voices floating in the airwaves around me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The, the more people, the more chatter there is going on all around, and I'm trying, you know, to have this one conversation, we're trying to lock in here and talk, but there's so much other noise everywhere, and I find it very difficult to focus on that one voice that I'm trying to pay attention to. Now, to illustrate this, we're going to have a little fun with this today. And here's what I want you to do. You're going to, when, when, I, when I give you a cue here in a minute, we're going to count down. I want you to talk out loud. Everybody, all at once. Okay? I don't care what you talk about. You can tell me what your plans are for the day. You can tell me what you did this weekend. You can turn and talk to your neighbor and tell them something. You can talk about what you ate for breakfast. If you're single, you want to give out your phone number, your Snapchat, whatever. Yeah, it's up to you. <laughs> whatever you want to do. And <laughs> just, you have something to talk about, and you can look at me, you can look at somebody next to you, and I'm going to share something with you as well, but I'm going to turn the microphone off because that would be cheating if I were really amplified over all of you. So I'm going to tell you something, but you're not going to stop talking, okay? You're going to feel rude, it's going to feel weird, but you're going to do it, you're going to talk anyway. Okay, you ready? You got something in mind, somebody to talk to, on the count of three, I want you to start talking. Ready? One. Two, three, go. Okay, you can stop. You know, some of you are feeling really awkward now. You're not sure what else to say. And some of you are like, I'm just getting warmed up. You know, I, once I start, you can't shut me off that quick. I got a lot more to get out. Anybody know what I said to you? I shared something really important with you while you were talking. I, I shared with you Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Maybe we'll come back to that a little bit later. It's a really powerful uh, little section of Scripture that applies to what we're talking about today. But here's my point. When we're talking... And there are voices all around us. 
we really can't pay attention to the one voice that maybe at that time we really want to hear, right? God does speak to us through his word if we allow him to. But so many times there are so many other voices there's so much noise around us, it makes it really hard to listen. And so today, as we continue on in our five priorities, in fact, I want us to go ahead and put those five priorities back on the screen once again, if we can, just to remind you of the five things we're walking through. We're in, uh, we, we've talked about inviting, we talked about relate last week. Today, we're talking about apply. Apply the Bible to real life. And that, that is one of the main priorities for us as a church. And not really, that's what we're talking about today. How do we take what God says in His Word and apply it to our lives? And, you know, I acknowledge and realize that for some, maybe you're not convinced. There's a lot of people maybe you rub shoulders with. Maybe that's true for some of us in the room or some watching online. You're not fully convinced that God really speaks through the Bible anyway. Maybe you feel like it's outdated. Uh, it, it, it really doesn't relate to where we are today. And I'll tell you why today as we go through this that I couldn't disagree more. I respect your, you know, if that's your position. But I totally disagree. There is so much that, that God wants to communicate to us if we're ready to listen. The fact that, that we may not be aware of what God is saying doesn't mean that he's not speaking. Doesn't mean it's not there. Uh, on Monday of this week, I went and took Sean's vehicle, her SUV in, to get her oil changed because we got on the road and our oldest daughter, Brooke, graduated Friday from Texas Tech. So that was kind of a, a big, big day and a big weekend. And so uh, we made the trip down and back and and I went and got the oil changed, and the guy was very helpful. It's one of those places where you just drive in and stay in your car, you know. And he was very helpful, and he said, hey, uh, do you need help resetting the oil life indicator on, in, in your system there? And I use that in my car, and I know it has a computerized system. It has all this cool tracking stuff, when to change your tires. You know, all that kind of stuff is in there. But her car doesn't have that capability. And so I tell him, I'm like, yeah, thank you, but uh, no she can, you know, it just doesn't have that in this vehicle, the ability to do that. And he didn't argue with me, but he comes back in and he said, hey, uh, you see that where your flasher button is right there? There's something right to the left. Push and hold this little thing. And I pushed it. And it came on. The dash came on. And it had all this cool stuff in there. Y'all, it even told me the tire pressure for each tire. I was amazed. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, even, I said, no stinking way. That's what came out. I'm like, you're my new favorite person. This was amazing. Now, all this time I've been driving this vehicle, three and a half years I've had this vehicle, I had no idea that it actually had the capability of doing this. Well, did it have the capability all that time? Of course it did. The fact that I was ignorant of what it could do doesn't mean that it wasn't there. Guys, if, if you don't know what God has to say to you, it doesn't mean he's not speaking. It might just mean that we're not aware yet, that, that we need someone to help us see. Oh, there's something here that is really amazing that I need to tap into, and I'm still excited about learning that I don't have to use the tire gauge on her, her tires anymore and all that fun kind of stuff. But today, we're going to be in James chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 22, and let's just uh, read these uh, few verses together, 22 through 25. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. What a, what a powerful passage of scripture there. And it starts out by saying, it tells us not to merely listen to the word 
and so deceive ourselves. We'll get into that more later, but can we first just define what do we mean by word? That Greek term is the word logos. Maybe you've heard that, that term before. Um, it, it, it's, it's a power-packed word in the Greek language, and it's used 330 times in the New Testament. So it's a very, very common word, and sometimes the, the meaning can be as simple as a message, maybe that, that somebody received you know, from someone else. Other times it has a much deeper meaning. For example, in John's gospel, John starts his gospel by saying this, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So John refers to the Word in terms of Jesus, the, the, the incarnate Word of God, the living Word. But other places, even Jesus himself uses that term that is translated as word. For example, in Matthew 15, 6, he's chastising the Pharisees for what he says he's, they, they are, are not obeying the word because of their own traditions. They're nullifying the word of God for the sake of their tradition. There it is again, word. So sometimes it means the scripture. Obviously, in, when Jesus referred to nullifying the word of God, he's talking about their scripture that they had at that point, which would be the Old Testament. But if you go into the verse right before the one where we started in verse 21 in James 1, it talks about the word planted in us which can save us. So that, that word planted in is referring to the gospel. So it can be... Old Testament scripture, it can be the gospel message, which we now have recorded as New Testament. And I'm not going to go into you know, all the details. Actually, I look back in um, January of 2021, we, we went through the five priorities then as well. And I shared a little bit more of how do we get to the point of, of believing that this is God's word. You know, in these 27 books of the New Testament, 39 books of the Old Testament, how do we know that that's, you know, really? I'm not going to retrace that ground, but I will share with you a quote that I shared back then, I thought it was powerful, from J.I. Packer. He said, the church no more gave us the New Testament canon than Sir Isaac Newton gave us the force of gravity. God gave us gravity by his work of creation, and similarly, he gave us the New Testament canon by inspiring the individual books that make it up. See, the point that he's making is, this is all God's doing, giving us what we have as Scripture, and I totally agree with him. And so when we read that term word, we could just as well insert the term Bible. Do not merely listen to the Bible and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's the word that we're talking about today. And so how do we go about applying the Bible to real life? Well, it begins, number one, I'm just going to share two simple points, but very powerful ones with you today. One is we listen to what God says. Do not merely listen to the word, but you do have to listen, right? Listening's not enough, and we'll get to part B here in a minute, but you have to start by listening. And so let's just start at, at square one, and let me ask you the question, are you listening to what God is saying to you through his word. Are you intentional about that? And maybe to back up even a little bit further from that, let me ask another question, and that is this. Do you want to grow deeper in your relationship with God? That's not a rhetorical question. That's an honest question to ask yourself. Do I want 
to grow deeper in my relationship with God. Notice I'm not asking you, do you think you should want to? Do you feel obligated to you? No, I'm saying, do you want to grow deeper in your relationship with God? Because there are things in our lives that we know we should do or not do, and yet we don't really do anything about it. Why? Because we don't really want to enough. Case in point, this is a silly example, but I brought one with me anyway today. Here we go. This is something that, that I know I should not consume nearly as much as I do. I'm going to tell you, I love my Dr. Pepper. I like Dr. Pepper. I know it's terrible for you. I know it's bad for you. You don't need to email me and tell me what it's doing to me. I know it's not good for you. And yet I drink it every day, knowing that it's not good. Right? Why? Why do I do it if I know I should probably stop doing that? Why don't I? Because I look out and I go, you know what? At this point in life, there are other things I do to compensate. I'm in fairly decent health. And so, frankly, I just kind of look at it and go, yeah, I kind of get away with it right now. And so I do it. That's bad to say, but it's kind of the truth. Will there come a point in my life where that changes? Yeah, probably. It probably will. Where I'm like, okay, I've, I've got I've to gotta pay more attention you know, to that. I'm just being honest and saying I know I should, but... That's just reality right now, so I'm going to cover that back up so I don't get thirsty. <laughs> now, I, I know that's a bit of a silly example, but I, I mean, as I was thinking through, what are things in our lives? Aren't there, it doesn't have to be huge things, right? It doesn't have to be some earth-shattering, but things that we're like, yeah, I should do this or not do this. We don't because we don't want to enough. If you're not listening to what God has to say, Frankly, it's because you just don't want to enough. It's because that desire isn't there. And so I would say, start by praying, God, give me a desire. Help me to, to want to hear what you had to say. That's the beginning place. And be honest with yourself. I mean, if that's where you're at, and like, you know, I just got to admit, I really don't care like I should, let, let, then start there. But there is power in what God uh, has to say to us, and, and, and we listen to him by by, by paying attention to what he says to us through his word. I, I do want to point out the fact that there is a difference between hearing and listening, right? <laughs> we all know that. We can hear what someone says without really listening. And, you know, you can hear what someone is saying to you while you're texting someone or scrolling through social media or watching the game or whatever it may be, right? And it's like, yeah, I hear you. And you can probably parrot back to them exactly what they just said. But listening is different. Listening is putting the phone down. It's making eye contact. It's maybe leaning in a little bit. And I'm really focused on what you have to say to me. There's a difference there. Can I just confess to you how many times I, I, I will set aside, and, and, and just my normal routine is I start every day in, in God's Word. And uh, you know, this year I'm going through a chronological reading plan. I do different types of plans, but something that guides me through Scripture. And that's the way I start my day every day. I can't tell you how many times I open my Bible, start reading, and then think, I don't even know what, I'm not even paying attention. I'm distracted. I don't even know what I just read. And it's kind of like, let's reset here. Let's, let's refocus. Let's, let's put, it, put things aside and lean in and make that eye contact. Okay, God, I really want to hear what you have to say to me. And by the way, just as simple as this is, I mean, I just figured this out like two weeks ago. Uh, and, and I'm borrowing this from a friend who shared, another friend shared with him. I'm like, I should have thought of that a long time ago. 
But the reading plans, the things that I use, are on my phone. And so I normally will have my phone with me so I can go through stuff. Just a simple decision to write down the, the, you know, the different chapters or whatever I'm going to read and put my phone somewhere else so that it's not sitting there in my lap. Isn't it amazing how easily distracted we are when the phone is just right there? Even if it's not buzzing, I might think, oh, and it could be something very good. I'm praying. I need to pray for someone. I should text them and let them know I'm praying for them or whatever. It's like, no, this is my time just to listen to what God has to say, right? So eliminating those distractions is a big deal. And, and by the way, while we're talking about practical things, literally listening to what God says can be a good thing too. You know, the, the Bible apps and things like that, they will play the audio. That's all. It's all free. It's all there. It's available. I know Sean prefers to do that in her quiet time. She will actually, she, she goes through and listens to it while she follows along with it. And just, you know, it's, a, it's an auditory thing. So that's a, a good tool. Whatever it takes to get scripture deep within us that's the goal right it's to move beyond just hearing with our ears to really letting god's word get down inside of us colossians 3:16 uses this phrase it talks about uh, letting the word of christ dwell in us richly that's the goal i want to let the word of christ dwell in me richly and by the way one of the ways we do that in psalm 119 this is what you didn't hear me say earlier uh, but 9 through 11 says how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word i seek you with all my heart do not let me stray from your commands i have hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you see that there's power there and hiding god's word in our heart that's what keeps us living in in obedience to him and so memorizing scripture is a, is a big one. You know, letting the word get down deep within us and having some kind of a plan. And by the way, if you've never done this before, let me encourage you. I'm not doing it right now. I feel like I need to give that disclaimer on the front end. Um, but recently, in times past, uh, recent past, I've gone through and, and attempted to memorize longer passages of scripture. Maybe an entire chapter or, or, or a book or whatever it may be. Um, there's something about that, about trying to memorize a longer chunk because you're constantly going over the same material. And it's amazing as I was doing it, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many different insights that have come out of that just simply because it's constantly on my mind and, and, and getting down deeper down within me. So that's the goal. We need to really hear what God says, but back to verse 22. Really listen, by the way, not hear. Really listen to what God says. But do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Here's the second thing. First, we, we listen to what God's word says. But the second one is we do what God's word says. Now, I told you it was going to be simple today. But those are powerful things. Are you doing it? Are you really listening? And when you listen and God speaks, are you really doing something with it? Because we can deceive ourselves into thinking that as long as I'm listening, as long as I'm learning something, then I'm okay. And to borrow a phrase from a conference that we attended recently. I love this. They said, God's desire is not that we become smarter sinners. And we don't need to just learn more Bible so that we can continue on our own path. The goal is that we learn and hear what God has to say so that it changes us from the inside out and it impacts the way that we live. I mean, look at the way it's phrased here in this passage in James chapter 1. If we don't listen, it says it's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
See, that, this is, that's what, the, what God's word does. It does serve as a bit of a mirror. It reflects who we really are. And, and can I just tell you, it's pointless to look into a mirror if you're not going to do something about what you see, right? If I look in the mirror and I've got a piece of lettuce the size of a lily pad stuck in my tooth, I need to take it out, right? You don't just walk away from the mirror and forget what I just saw there. That would be absurd. But can I just give you a little bit of a, of, of a warning when it comes to looking into Scripture? It is kind of like looking in a mirror in this way. We're not always going to be thrilled with what we see, right? In fact, it's kind of like looking in a mirror the first thing in the morning. I don't know how it is with you, but when I wake up in the morning and I look in the mirror, it, yeah, whoo, is right. That's exactly right. It is a rough sight. I got those big black circles, you know, come down under the eyes. Those eye boogers in the side of my eyes, you know, they kind of cake up around there. I mean, yeah, it's rough. And my hair, well, my hair always looks like this. That's not a problem. But no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, contrary to a popular myth. No, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And, and I look in the mirror first thing in the morning, not because I want to be pleased with what I see. I look in the mirror because I need a reality check, right? I need to know, okay, what do I need to do about what I see? That's why we open the Word of God. It is a reality check. It's going to, to bring some things to our attention that we're going to be like, yeah, that's, that's not good. But then the other thing is the Word of God gives us the power to actually change those things. The Holy Spirit in us brings the Word of God to life inside of us, and that actually begins to transform us. So it's not discouraging. It's, it's reality, but then God can change that reality. And that's the goal. That's why we look into this so that we can see what we need to do. But then he says, don't walk away and forget what you saw. I mentioned earlier the conference that we, uh, several of us went to uh, this uh, week before this last one. But I uh, had a great time there and, and some impactful stuff. But one of the things, I, I asked for permission to share this story. And, and Dave gave it to me. Dave uh, was one of our elders here at the church. And we meet together a couple times a month. And uh, well, we, just for prayer and that kind of thing. We, we meet uh, another time for other stuff, business type stuff. But a couple times a month, we just meet together and we share scripture together and we pray together and we pray for the church and we check in on each other. How are we doing? And, and, and you know, if we're struggling in certain areas, we, we just try to be as transparent with one another as we can be. And recently, Dave shared, he said, you know, I, I feel like one of the things God is showing me is that I need to be a better listener. And so that's cool. It's like I, he identified this is an area of my life that God wants me to grow in. When we were at that conference, they had a lot of breakout sessions. And one of those breakouts, Dave said, I'm, I'll meet up with y'all later. I'm going to go to a different session. Which, well, what are you going to? He said, I'm going to the one on listening. And I thought, that's pretty cool, right? Here's somebody that identified, this is an area of my life that I feel like I need to grow in. Oh, here's an opportunity to grow. I'm going to take advantage of that and actually do something about it. Now, I will tell you, I got a text from him in the middle of that session saying, I'm at a session on listening, and I just can't pay attention. So I think that was a joke. <laughs> it made me laugh. But, um, but we got to do something. I should say, we got to do something with what we know God wants us to do. Matthew 7, 27 through, or 24 through 27, just, I think Jesus just drives this point home so clearly. He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and 
puts them into practice, that's what we're talking about today, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. See, the difference between the two people in the story Jesus told, it's not that, they, that one heard and one didn't. They both heard him. One heard and put into practice, the other heard and did not put into practice. The one who acted on what he heard, he said it's like that, that person built his house on the rock. They still had the rains come and the, the streams rise and the winds blow. All those things still happened to that person, but their house was able to withstand it because they were built on the rock of applying and doing what God says. The other one, they came crashing down. They heard the word, but they didn't do anything about it. So which one are you? Are you building your house on the rock by hearing, listening to what God says and acting on it and applying it to your life? Or do you perhaps hear it but not really do anything about it? And if that's the case, you're building on sand. And eventually that foundation is going to give way. Well, the last couple of, of verses uh, in James chapter 1 give some examples of what it looks like, practically speaking, to apply God's word to our lives. So, so let's finish out with verse 26 and 27. It says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. See, what he's saying here is, let me give you some examples. Just real life, I mean, how much more practical real life example can we get than keeping a tight rein on our tongue? And he's saying, look, if you think that you are I don't like the word religious to begin with, but you get the point there. If you claim to be following Christ in some way, and yet you're the kind of person that just rips people to shreds with your tongue, then your so-called religion is worthless. It's not doing any good. See, what we say we believe should impact how we live. And so when we get God's word into us, and we hear things like, not letting unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I mean, if, if I'm hearing that and really applying that in my life, then that's going to change what I'm doing. You know, in my opinion, some of the most dangerous people out there are those who know a lot of Bible, but don't apply it to their lives, right? There's a lot of Bible information. Th these are the people that, that wear the Christian t-shirts and then go through the checkout line and just berate the people that are trying to check them out. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? And you just want to go over there and go, can I at least give you another shirt? Like, don't <laughs> advertise it if you're claiming to be one of us, right? And it's obvious, and I know we're, we all have our faults. I get that. We all, we all mess up. But it's obvious to everybody else that something's not right, but to that individual is totally not. And that's why it's so important that, that we have people around us, we have people surrounding us in our life. And I just want to tell you, I'm just going to put that out there. If you see me behaving in some way that's not in line with Scripture, I hope you'll call me on it. I, I, I'm asking you to do that. 
We need to do that for one another. We, we need to be there uh, to, to say, hey, this isn't right. You know? now, obviously, we need to love each other and encourage each other as well. If all it is is just you know, finger pointing all the time, that's not healthy. But we need that community. And we need opportunities like this. You know, live it out. And, and then it, it, it talks about in verse 27, another great example. He says, take care of widows and orphans. I mean, when you see people in need, people that, that, that you know, they can't provide and, and take care of their own needs, you step in and, and meet those needs. Just practical stuff, right? Live out what you say you believe. That, that's what James is all about, the whole book of James. It's so practical. It's so much about living it, it out. And so as we kind of wrap things up this morning, I, I want to come back to where we started. When I asked all of you to talk all at the same time, and nobody could really hear what I had to say because we were all talking at the same time, right? You know what one of the greatest applications for me is for this message? A lot of times I just need to zip my lip. Just stop talking and listen. And just sit with God. Be with God. Open the scripture. Lean in. Say, God, I want to hear. I want to listen to what you have to say. And when I listen, I want, to, I want to do something with it, God. I want to put it into practice. If you do, you're going to be building your house on a solid foundation. If you don't, it's not going to go so well. And some of you are like, I understand that because I'm there. Maybe your house has already crumbled because you didn't build on that solid foundation of listening to what God says and doing something about it. And maybe you feel like you're buried in rubble up to your neck. But if that's the case, let me just encourage you with this. Our God is a master builder, and he can start over, and he can start fresh, and he can rebuild. So there is always, always hope. It is never too late to say, I'm going to begin starting right now to listen, God, to what you have to say. And I'm not going to deceive myself by thinking that's enough, but I'm going to act on it. I'm going to do what you tell me. So let's start that right now. Lord, I pray today that you will help us to act on what you say. Help us to listen. Even the things, Lord, that, that you want to stick with us today, I pray, Lord, that you will, will just... Help that to resonate deep within our hearts today. Lord, we want you to have your way in us. So I pray for that. And I pray that, that we're willing to act in faith. In Jesus' name, amen.